Will you pray with me? And now, God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts together be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, Kansas City Chiefs tight end, Travis Kelsey, also known as Taylor Swift's boyfriend, recently launched a video campaign with Pfizer to tell us that you can do two things at once. So in that video, Travis is eating in a nice restaurant and he catches a football. Travis is mowing the grass while grilling dinner. Travis is in a hot air balloon while doing an interview. And at the end of the video, Travis is getting two shots at the doctor's office, his COVID booster, his flu shot at the same time while the narrator ends, you can do two things at once. Well, today, friends, we do two things at once, both beginnings and endings. See, December is a season that is full of endings. It is the ending of a calendar year, the ending of 2023 as we think and reflect upon it and as we look with all of our hopes onto 2024 and what it might bring. It's the end of a fiscal year for churches and many businesses, and they're hoping to finish strong, thanks to many of you and your shopping last week. It is also the end of an educational year as students and teachers wrap up a semester, and even some college students graduate here in December. In the busyness of this season, this time of year, people are digging deep for the mad dash to the finish line. Christmas parties, church gatherings, sporting events, Christmas shopping, local festivities. We're landing the plane of 2023 on fumes, tired, burnt out, and in need of some time off. So we are most certainly holding endings in our mind and in our hearts. But today is also a beginning. For today is the first Sunday of Advent in the church or liturgical calendar, a calendar of seasons where we reflect on the birth, life, death, resurrection of Jesus Christ and how the church should live because of all of that. And the first Sunday of Advent is the first day of a new calendar year in the church. The prayers and the scriptures of Advent help us to prepare for Christmas, which has not started yet, friends. Christmas begins at sundown on Christmas Eve when we celebrate the arrival of Christ. For now, we are in Advent, and we wait with expectation and hope at the arrival of God near us. But you know, Advent also prepares us for a second arrival, the coming of Christ that we still wait for. Advent reminds us that we stand between two arrivals, the arrival and the joy that came with Christ's arrival as a baby and the anticipated joy of Christ's return at the end. Two things at once. We don't give much attention to the second invitation of Advent this season, which is why some of you might have been a little surprised by our gospel reading assigned for today from Mark about the end times. Doesn't make for a little cozy fireside chat for children at Christmas, does it? Although it might encourage us all to be a little good for goodness sake, thinking about the end times. 
And just as we're lighting our homes and our streets here with Christmas lights for the season, the assigned gospel reason, or reading today directs our attention to a time when all the lights will go out. While we wrap up a year exhausted, coming in, landing the plane of 2023, the church calendar says, keep awake, keep awake. So why stray from all the sugary sweetness of the holiday season was such a dark text today. Well, perhaps the reason is this. If the church cannot proclaim and look forward to the second advent of Christ, well, there really isn't all that's merry and bright about the first coming of Christ. If Jesus is not coming back to make all things new and restore what is broken in us and in our world, then our carols of joy and hope have about the same pop charm as a Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. Theologian Scott Holsey writes this, The Christ of God did not arrive in this world long ago to help people be a little nicer, to encourage a few weeks' worth of charitable giving to the United Way or to the local soup kitchen, or any other such term, local goal, although all are wonderful. Christ of God came to make straight every crooked way, to right every wrong, to upend every injustice, and to reconcile all things to himself. Friends, we live every day with two things at once. We live with the troubles of our present life, and we live with the promise of God's beautiful future. Beginning Advent today, not with holiday hype, but with the end in sight, helps us hold the honest realities of all the weaknesses and the difficult things and the hardness and brokenness of the current world and reality in us and around us, while also holding the promise of God's relentless love and ultimate redemption and restoration of all things. Our passage today from the Gospel of Mark is called often the Little Apocalypse. And in it, we are in the presence of the adult Jesus, not baby Jesus. And he's offering prophetic judgment and prophetic comfort. He speaks of a time when the heavens will shake and the stars will fall out of the sky, followed by the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory, gathering his people from all over the earth and the heavens. Perhaps those who assigned this text for the first Sunday of Advent were thinking of the movie director, Cecil DeMille, who said, start with an earthquake, then build to a climax. Before the climatic arrival of Christ child on Christmas Eve, we shake things up with a reminder of things that are yet to come. Starting Advent Advent with what has been promised yet not fulfilled helps us step into the sandals of those who awaited the birth of the Messiah long ago. <clears throat> for generations, <clears throat> excuse me, for generations they had heard about a pr- promised Messiah and they had waited and waited and prayed. And amid their oppression, their weariness, their uncertainty, they cried out to the Lord as recorded in Isaiah saying, "Oh that you would tear open the heavens and come down." And God did. God came down in the form of an infant. Author Rachel Held Evans wrote that the whole story of Advent is the story of how God can't be kept out. God is present. 
God is with us, not with a parade, but with a whimper of a baby, not among the powerful, but among the part marginalized, not to the demanding, but to the humble. We too look at those ancient days knowing what it's like to long and to wait. We know what it's like to see oppression and injustice all around us, to be weary of war and hatred and poverty and uncertainty and ask, oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. We, of course, know what those early people of God did not, that the Messiah did come, and that is what we celebrate this season of the year. But like them, now we wait for a day and an hour that has been promised but we do not know when it will come. Jesus said himself, he does not know. In our text today, he says, but about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. But Jesus doesn't seem to think knowing the hour or the day is of importance. What's important, he says, is to keep awake. So Jesus tells a story about a fig tree which always makes me think of figgy pudding this time of year. You know the song, you're supposed to bring me some figgy pudding and bring it out now. We wish you a Merry Christmas, but actually don't do that, all right? Because it sounds actually pretty gross. I don't know, it's like a fruitcake, I think, and it's molded into a mound and then they boil or steam it. Still doesn't sound good. Some pour brandy over it and set it on fire, which sounds fun, but still not good. So don't bring that to me. And interestingly enough, in my research, there's not really any figs in figgy pudding. It's dates and currants and spices. When Jesus tells the story about a fig tree, he's not talking about or thinking about figgy pudding. He says, you know, when you watch the fig trees, they grow their branches. And people watch them and see them. They're familiar with that in his day. And when they sprout these beautiful branches and you watch them, they get to a certain point when you know the fruit is coming, and that is what they want. But it's a very small window when that fruit is born. And so he says, watch the trees and the branches so that you'll be ready. Go to sleep, and you might miss the fruit of the tree. And then Jesus tells this story about the master or an owner leaving his on a journey, leaving his home, and he places his servants in charge of the house and the work, each assigned with jobs to do. And they don't know when the owner will return, but they're commanded to be ready. They don't know, sundown, sunset, when the rooster crows, when the sun rises, he'll come at any time, but you must not be caught asleep. Keep awake. Each January, instead of New Year's resolutions, I started several years ago doing a word for the year. It's a little less committed, so I kind of like that. In 2008, my word for the year was awake. You see, as an Enneagram 9, I'm a peace lover. I want to keep peace, make peace. But one of the things I've learned is that sometimes I just want calm, not real peace. There is a difference. And so it's tempting sometimes to just go to sleep emotionally or mentally in order to choose the path of least resistance, to kind of numb out, to not be bothered by things, to become like this toddler, a dead weight where you can't move me unless I choose to be moved. But that isn't how I want to live my life. I want to be awake to the good and the possibilities, as well as the hard and the lessons that they bring. I want to be alert to where God is at work, 
where God is present in others and around me and always looking for heaven breaking through among us. I want to be awake to God's beauty in us and around us and not miss it. I don't want to go through the motions until my time is up. I want to make the most of the moments until I'm called home. And I want to savor all that we have here as God intends for God's children to do. And I want God to be pleased in how I invest those days for his glory and the good of the world. We wait, friends, but not passively. We wait actively, expectantly, like a child at the Christmas parade just last night out here as they pass by Capitol on Monroe, standing there with their bags ready to collect candy, knowing it's promised and it will come. They can hear the marching band in the distance. They can see the glow of the Christmas lights. The parade is happening, but yet it is not fully here for them. But there's an energy, an excitement as we see and we anticipate together what is coming. Two things at once. The reign of God is already evident here, but yet not fully established. But we trust that because Christ has come, Christ will come again. And this is the in-between that we live in, two things at once. Jesus didn't concern himself with the hour of his return, nor should we. Please stop with the end-time predictions. We don't know. Jesus' command was that we live as if his return were just around the corner. And friends, this command is not to be, make us people of fear. We don't need this command and just receive it so that we gather in holy huddles or Christian bomb shelters, calling out that the sky is falling. His command should not lead us to wash our hands of this world or our planet that we are to take care of. We don't live in fear of his arrival but in hope, in confidence of his arrival. Awake to that truth. Those at the time of Christ's birth did not know that the day had come, but it did. We don't know when the day will come, but it will. We wait in hope, and we act in hope. Christ has put the work he began in our hands. And we are not to go to sleep in that work. The work of loving others. The work of doing justice. Bringing mercy. Bringing others to the knowledge of God through our lives. It is our job to live justly and to promote peace. It is our job to care for one another and the world. It is our job to be living witnesses to the love and grace that will inspire others to be ready for Christ's coming too. The world is not as it should be, but God is still at work. There is ugliness in us and around us, but there's beauty too. People sleep on streets, but churches are opening doors. Two things at once. The Lord is with us, and the Lord is still coming. May we be awake and alert to see the Lord is with us and to join him as agents of restoration for the full and complete restoration of all that is coming. We can do two things at once. <laughs>